0: Hello, Kules. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish Capital. In today's episode, we're going to review the Alaves match, talk a bit about La Liga refs, and expand a bit on Deco's interview with La Mangaria. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to talk about Magic Mind, our newest sponsor. It is the world's first productivity drink. If you're looking for a great way to keep your energy steady throughout the day, Magic Mind is a great way to help achieve that. With Magic Mind, you can ditch that third, fourth, fifth coffee and stay alert and focused throughout the day. A great way to take Magic Mind is in the morning as part of your routine. You know, Remy is taking the Magic Mind and as he noted in uh, a week ago or so, how he uses Magic Mind before he has to be super productive and he has noticed some of those changes. Also, he said the taste is pretty good as well. So, Magic Mind is full of natural ingredients such as Bacupa Monnieri, which is a neurotropic that improves your attention span, your ability to process and learn new information, and helps with your memory. The Magic Mind team created a super offer for me to share with you Kool-Aids. Get three months for the price of two with a quarterly subscription using the code Barsatalk 20 Again, the code is barsatalk 20 Get your first batch at magicmind.com slash Barca. Talk and redeem the discount code BarcaTalk20. Crush your 2024 New Year resolutions fully focused. The link is in the show notes. All right, so let's get into this match on Saturday night. FC Barcelona beat Alaves away 3-1. to one. And I would say this is something we have been yearning for a while for Xavi to make some slight changes and these slight changes proved pivotal we had a lot to talk about in this match and i think the first thing we need to look at is the role of christensen now christensen was bumped up to be kind of the pivot in front of arahu and kunde and i think it worked wonders we have been talking all season about Kunde and arahu how they do need to pair up they need to be the starting center backs I personally think that they are the most athletic, the fastest, the most talented, so let's go with them. And as I talked about in previous episodes, I wanted Christians to come in to maybe spell one of them for 20 minutes, if need be. However, I think we have uncovered something, especially with the lack of pivot that we've been getting through Gundogan, right? So Gundogan has been mostly kind of in that position. And as we've noted in previous episodes too, we think it's – hurting the attack because as we noted last season with Gundogan season with Man City, you know, he's in the attacking role. He's providing assists. He's scoring goals. He had one of the best seasons of his career. With Christensen back there, it's, it's a good fit, right? Because he's a center back, but he doesn't have to be in the back line and he can read and react as well as anybody in La Liga. And he did have an outstanding performance there. Now what this helps, you know, this is, this is basically because we have a lack of wingers currently, right? So Pedri had to play left wing, and then we had Gundogan on the right and Pedri on or Frankie de Jong on the left, pushing that up, right? So now Gundogan doesn't have to worry about that defensive responsibility so much, and I would dare say that was Gundogan's best match of the season. Now, according to a bunch of stats uh, websites I saw, he had the best performance of the team, uh, followed by Laminia Mall, and Victor Roque and so again I think there is some credence to that maybe we did uncover something it almost feels you know Pedri wasn't a complete winger but at least he helped in with the possession again we dominated possession but I also think our attacks were much stronger in this match now again I really think this is something that we definitely have to explore I would like to see this same type of lineup with Christensen, Araujo and Kunde up the middle for the Granada match this weekend. And I think, you know, I think it just puts everyone in a better position. We saw better play from Lewandowski. We saw exceptional play from Laminia Mall. And again, Frankie de Jong was able to push when he had to. And especially on the goal for the Gundogan goal, we saw Frankie de Jong push that tempo and find the through ball to the left with Pedri's, uh, you know, beautiful lob pass to Gundogan's volley. Now, again, I really think this is something, you know, this is what we've been clamoring th- from Chabi to tinker, to to try different things. This is the time to get crazy. You have nothing to lose right now, right? You are out already. You're leaving at the end of the year. So let's try some new ideas. And I think that, you know, it doesn't take much, you know. Again, I think this is the best of both worlds. You're solid up the middle. You have speed on the back line. You have Rahu and Kunde working together in harmony back there. And yeah, you know, even though Alves had more shots on goal, total shots, they uh actually they had more total shots and then we had more shots on goal than they did. They only had two, and obviously one of them was the goal. But I think we did a pretty good job on Samu. And I have to just say, you know, after doing the scouting report last week on Friday, Uh, looking him up online and then actually seeing him on tv and so forth he's going to be a force in la liga now he is property of atletico madrid and i can tell you you know who is going to link up really well with him him and griezmann he to me was physical he was trying to mix it up with arahu and he had no problem with that and i think he's going to be a perfect atletico madrid player and I think he's hungry for goal. I think he's going to be a better version of Morata for them, and he's going to be, yeah, he's going to be a, a troublesome striker for La Liga teams in the coming years. Again, as I talked about Gundogan, I thought it was his best match. You know, with the way he was able to really penetrate and look for those passes, he also helped to push Lewandowski as well. So I think Lewandowski had a better performance. We were able to see some of those runs and see a little bit more action from Lewandowski. Obviously, we're still lacking some of those goals. But again, again, he came up with the first goal, which was very nice. And again, he's hopefully maybe trying to find his form again. And again, when you are getting proper service and you're making more direct runs, you're going to have more chances. And obviously, we know Lewandowski is you know, really good at converting. And maybe this is the spark that we need. Again, we are only about 10 points away from the top. I know it's going to be a struggle. I'm not saying it's going to be that. But if we can put some pressure now, that'll definitely help, right? And especially if we get something out of Lewandowski, right? As we've noted, since the last World Cup is when it has really been a downturn for Lewandowski. There's something there that happened where was the performance before the World Cup and then after. And maybe, maybe by having this slight formation change of Christensen coming up and Gundogan pushing even more for the attack, maybe that opens up Lewandowski. So we will see how that folds. We will see how that unfolds. The other player I need to talk about is Vitor Roque. I think Vitor Roque has shown flashes of... The attack that we need with the runs we've seen in a couple times we've been clamoring for more playing time for him i think he would be a really good pairing with Lewandowski almost in a 4-4-2 and maybe that's kind of what we need to do with this pairing maybe use christiansen and then have pedri frank and and gundagan in front of him and then you know rotate vitor roque with lamina mall i don't know i'm just thinking outside the box because again with lamina mall We need to conserve his minutes, you know, he's putting on quite the workload for being 16 and he is so important to our attack, you know, I really hope that in the Granada match, we give him some rest because he has, he has worked so hard in these last matches. We have to really understand the load management of Laminia Mall and also try to taper that up so he's ready for the Napoli match because, sure, Granada is a La Liga match. It's still important. However, I think we can still get enough productivity from Vitor Roque in this match to conserve Laminia Mall for the upcoming matches. Now, Vitor Roque comes in. He scores the clinching goal, essentially. I mean, not the clinching goal, but basically the goal that we needed to kind of calm our nerves a bit. Um, you know, it was a nice... A nice uh, play there with, with Bedri, I believe. And more importantly, he comes in and he gets that goal. And you could just see that the team is riding with his confidence. Now, he also got on red carded. So he, he had the full gambit of emotions of a La Liga uh, player. You know, he scores a goal, got two yellow, expelled, you know. And obviously, the two yellows were a joke, uh, especially the second one. The second one, uh, we're going to talk about this in a second with the La Liga refs, but... It is such a travesty of the refereeing in la liga it is such a joke and it's not just for barcelona it's for every team in la liga however um we're gonna see what happens with the Vitor roque decision obviously they are trying to appeal it and we will see what happens but again i think if we use this lineup i think it gives us the best run for our money right i think we are defensively sound Especially with Ter Stegen coming back, that's going to help as well to give us a little bit more confidence on there in the back. And then also just putting Gunagan and Frankie de Jong in the positions they need to be. You know, I get really excited. I always harp back to when Frankie de Jong was on Ajax and the way he would drive that counter and how dangerous that was. And you're starting to see that a little bit, especially in the Alves match. He was able to pick and choose those times and we looked dangerous, right? this match i have to say was the first match in a long time that was fun to watch and like i didn't want to turn it off and that hasn't happened in a a while in a while for sure again i i hope this is a lineup that maybe chavi accidentally (laughs) discovered and is going to use again this weekend in some form but we will see chavi is very unpredictable with how he wants to run again uh i think the ideal thing is to put Christensen. you get the best of everything through that everyone gets an improved performance so we'll see the next match for fc barcelona is going to be on sunday nine o'clock local time against granada that's going to be a tough one for me because the super bowl is the same night and i'm probably going to be trying to take a nap so i can watch the super bowl but um i will i will record and watch it on a later time again if you're looking for more Barca chatter, our WhatsApp group is on fire, especially over the managerial talks, the players that we are seeing coming and going. Uh, it's just a good time if you are looking for a virtual penny. Again, in our show notes, we have the Patreon link. It's five bucks a month. You get a bunch of stuff. But more importantly, the, the WhatsApp chatter is awesome because, you know, when you're around town and you can't watch the match it's a great way to be connected you're actually getting a sense of what's happening and it's on your phone like you don't have to log into a discord or anything like that so uh, again if you're interested in joining we have a great group of international coules, and it's a lot of fun all right let's get into la liga refs this is such you know this is always a polemica here in spain and they love talking about it. i i understand why it's it's a lot of you know he said she said type of banter And it really just depends on how you see the angles and how you feel, right? You could pull 10 people and you're going to get different opinions from everyone. And over the weekend, you know, I was watching a couple matches and just watching the sports show and just kind of seeing what they were talking about with La Liga refs. And a couple things stood out to me. So this weekend in the Madrid Derby on Sunday night, there was a Bellingham penalty no call, which definitely should have thought that it was a penalty for them. Then obviously the barca match with the vita roque terrible calls and uh how he got a red card in the girona match the manager got uh ejected and again some bad calls there and then also highlighted by segunda matches where there's just a lack of consistency and i think that's really what it comes down to is consistency and, okay, so we have a lack of consistency. We are now getting the audios of VAR, which is great. We get to see a little bit more transparency on that. And that's still not helping. We're still missing a lot of calls. So how does La Liga address this? Because there's so much noise with refereeing, right? First of all, I would say the first thing is knowing the referee prior to the match and knowing their allegiance, right, to what team they they supported as a kid and so forth, I mean, sure, that could have some uh, biases in there, obviously. But to me, I think the solution is the one referee is outdated. I think the action is too much. The running is too much for one referee. You have the sideline judge, and ideally, the referee is di- running diagonally to have you know, the view of the opposite ref and so forth. I just think... With the action that's happening, the athleticism with these players now, the referee just can't keep up. And I think the solution is really to have a second referee inside. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know how uh, who's going to have the you know upper hand on the calls and so forth. But I do definitely think there needs to be another referee. I think to have more eyes on it, I think what happens a lot of times with these referees is with these missed calls, they're just out of position. And unfortunately... Var isn't there to support them as much as we want them. I also think another issue needs to happen is to have one challenge or one VAR look for each manager per game. I think that will help because, you know, a lot of these issues, you know, if the manager throws quote unquote, the red flag like they do in the NFL and they throw this, you know, I want the, the referee to look at this VAR, then they're going to have less issues with the outcome And maybe less polemica because now the manager has made a decision to have it reviewed by VAR. I really am concerned with the refereeing because, you know, when you have these referees with so many bad calls or missed calls, it just drives you crazy, especially with all the technology that's available. That's the other thing. You know, we're not talking about 1980s, uh, you know, football here where, We don't have the technology to help assist these referees. And again, I don't understand why La Liga doesn't want to give the referees all the tooling, all the support to avoid this. And maybe it's because it's an old school thought of just, you know, if they're talking about the matches that helps generate content and interest. And so that's okay with that. But again, we're seeing this across so many matches It's not. You know, not just from a Barca point of view, not from a Real Madrid point of view. This is happening across La Liga and Segunda, too. Like, just the bad decision-making and consistency of the referee. I think the immediate thing that could help to to expel some of these referees refereeing issues is to have the challenge flag. I think, you know, without trying to add the second referee, because I think a lot of people would say, oh, there's too many people in the park. Gotcha. I understand that point of view completely. Maybe the challenge, ref, the challenge option is a quick one that will help re, uh, managers uh, challenge those calls and get those calls reviewed, and that maybe help calm the polemica a bit. So, again, it's, this is, it has, you know, and I hate to talk about refereeing because, you know, a lot of it has to do with the play, but when so many things are being missed and it's so inconsistent, I think La Liga definitely has a refereeing issue. Alright, let's get into the Deco interview he did it with La Vanguardia. Whew, I have a lot of issues with this. You know, when you are presenting the club, and you are the sporting manager, and you have basically, you are making the decisions of who's going to be the next manager and player movement, I feel you really have to present yourself in a professional manner. And we were joking about this in our WhatsApp group. I don't know if you saw the video of this, but Deco looks like he just rolled out of bed for this interview. He couldn't be bothered to dress. And the way he was talking and just kind of, I don't know, it just it sent me bad vibes. Because if that's the way he's addressing this position, I'm really nervous about the future in the next two years, you know? I mean, just compare him to the previous sporting director, Matteo Alamani, right? The way he would always be in a suit, the way he would always present himself was professional. He was always looking for the best bargains, the best buys for Barcelona. And most importantly, he wasn't attached to Mendes at the hip as much as Deco is. One of the things I'm finding troubling with this is the idea of the manager coming in next, you know my opinion on the next manager. I like Tiago Mota, for example, but more and more I really think it's going to be Rafa Marquez, the next manager, because I, I just honestly think it's just easier to promote Rafa Marquez and find a Barca B replacement. Again, his quote on Tiago Mota was, I don't follow Mota's work on a regular basis, as I'm not used to follow his Italian team. Why? Like, what are we doing? What do we, I, mean, I mean, to me... We need to find a manager that has experience, that a manager that is in the top six of his league per se, you know? And in the top five leagues of Europe. So why aren't you following an Italian league? I don't I don't get it. You know, as a sporting director, you know, one of the things you need to be in charge of is scouting, not only a player, but also managers. And again, according, you know, when asked about Rafa Marquez, it's, his quote was, yes, he's here. He's young, but he's growing and proving a lot. He will develop well here. Wow. I mean, you know, I always think about the general managers in the NBA and the NFL about how they always have plan B, plan C, plan D, and they're always looking and scouting. And, and to me, it just feels we are still reactionary in FC Barcelona. And this is one of the issues that drives me crazy in that when we did first hire Deco, you know, Deco was a former agent. You know, he didn't have so much experience like Alamani did in negotiations with player, understanding the club in in a, in a sporting director sense, right? And again, when I see him talking and the way he, it doesn't feel as though they have a concrete plan, it really bothers me. And again, he you know, they were asking him questions about him and Laporta and about, you know, uh, Vitor Roque sending off in the Alves match. Sure. But the other thing, too, is, again, this narrative that the refs are only against Barca. As I just mentioned before, the refs are terrible across all La Liga. It's not just a Barca narrative. And the idea that we are continuing to put blame on the refs for our performances is completely missing the boat. And again, this is what always bothers me about Barcelona from a PR standpoint. It is so almost political in a way that Laporta, the sporting director, have to always spin a narrative in a way that it's not just about the performance on the field, it's not about the results. I mean, you, you talk about almost any other football team besides Real Madrid. You talk about liverpool chelsea man you they're talking about the players they're talking about the strategy they're talking about the tactics hardly are they ever talking about this narrative about the referees solely against their club and we continue to have it. and deco expanded on that in this interview and just talking about favoritism uh for referees to madrid and you know this type. it's, it's like come on man like i i understand it's Maybe he's getting that mandate from Laporta to kind of spin that to maybe, you know, give us a distraction, you know, on the actual cause of what's happening with the team. But again, uh, this this part always reminds me of politics in that sense. The other thing, too, is, you know, when asked about Chavi leaving, he said he was surprised and that, you know, uh, they're planning on to find a replacement for the manager. You know, they're starting the search and it's like, man. You know, starting and always being reactionary still bugs me, and so, you know, I know I have to give Deco some some leniency because he just came in. But again, from watching this interview and the comments, and also just seeing the video of him, as you know, I'm a body language doctor. You know, it just drives me crazy, right? Like, I understand if, you know, maybe he was on a boat in a with the with the with the reporter. Sure, you know, being in. Shorts and shirt and more relaxed, but, you know, this is in the studio, you know, they told him to come into the studio and he just like rolls up, you know, and I don't know, I just don't have the confidence in his abilities as much as I did with Matteo Alamani, for example, with Alamani, I just I, I always felt that he was looking for the bottom line. And so, again, we will see what happens in this offseason. This off season is going to be massive, you know, a manager and then also try to revamp the roster. You know, we're seeing rumors that Tottenham could be interested in Rafinha. Do we sell him? I would say yes, let's get let's get as much as we can because we have seen that La Masia continues to produce and that's where we have to kind of bridge the gap until we can get back into the Camp Nou and make money again. That's my opinion. It's going to be a huge offseason for Deco and I really hope that he just doesn't uh I just hope he doesn't uh, just pick a Mendez player, you know, and Mendez people. Like, I really hope that they're open-minded to other things, you know, scout the Italian league, for example. The last thing I want to hit on the episode is the Femini. The Femini had their Champions League draw. They're going to be facing Braun, uh, their next opponent, March 20th in the quarterfinals. And their next match is the Copa della Reina against Sevilla tomorrow. So they should pass through their 7.30 local time again. Uh, if you just need a, a, a pick-me-up to lift your footballing spirits, definitely check out The Femini. They're always on zone or YouTube for the most part. So that will do it. Again, we're going to have another episode on Friday. I'm going to be talking to Ben Hayward to get his opinions. Because, you know, sometimes when we're in this ecosystem of Barcelona, we kind of miss the trees a bit. So uh, I met up with Ben last week in Madrid. We got to catch up and... Yeah, I'm really interested to hear more of his opinions about the Xavi departure, the refereeing issues here in La Liga, and also just Barcelona as a whole, uh, because we had a lot of good conversations last last week in Madrid. So I want to carry that over into this week's episode. So Ben Hayward will join me on the Friday episode. Everyone have a good day slash night, wherever you are. As always, Forza Barça. <music> Podcast Network.